0: The majority of hunters are very passionate about whatever niche it is that they are in, but not necessarily about the whole picture. So a pro-hunting organization is voting against hunting, and that says anti-hunting to me. I just read an article that basically completely tells a different story of how wildlife conservation is run in the United States. You're not going to watch... You know, 15-minute piece on Joanne Sutton, who just turned 105 years old, but you're going to watch the coverage of the 15-car pileup on the highway. You're interested in the negativity. Five years from now, if I introduce 10 people into hunting and I change the minds of 100 people, it was worth it to me. Hi, this is John Stallone with Interviews with the Hunting Masters, and you're listening to Living Country in the City. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City.
1: Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more.
2: Hey y'all, welcome to episode 102 of Living Country in the City. Now if y'all missed it from the last two episodes, just a reminder that coming up over the next several weeks... Living Country in the City is going to be rebranding as the Wild Initiative. I am really excited about this, folks. There's going to be some really awesome stuff coming down the line when I launch this rebrand, so make sure y'all are paying attention, keeping an eye out for the Wild Initiative. And related to that, head on over to my support page at livingcountryinthecity.com support. Check out my Patreon. There's going to be some really special rewards for Patreon supporters when I do this rebrand, so make sure y'all check All of that out, I'm super excited to be launching the Wild Initiative. All right, y'all, getting on to today's episode. I have him back, folks, John Stallone of Interviews with the Hunting Masters. He's hopping on the line to talk about something that I'm personally passionate about, which is really creating more unity among hunters, as well as bringing new folks into this hunting lifestyle. He's working on something called the Hunter Up Initiative, and he wanted to share with y'all what that is. We also, I will warn you, we get into some slightly more controversial topics, but this podcast is really meant to be about authentic discussion and having those conversations, so I decided to leave it in. But just a warning that we talk about some stuff that y'all may very strongly disagree with, or you may feel the same way, so I'll let y'all make your own decisions and come to your own conclusions. Really excited for y'all to check out this episode with John Stallone. All right. Well, John, thank you so much for hopping on the episode with me today. Excited to have you
0: back. Oh, thanks for having me, man. You're, you're doing me more of a favor than I'm doing you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so, man, it's been a while. I was looking back, um, and it looks like we haven't chatted since episode 45. So, man, uh, just about 55, 56 episodes ago. Like That was half of the life of my podcast over that <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember when you when you told me you were going to you were starting the podcast and then we finally put something together for me to come on. Yeah, you've come a long way, man.
2: It's man, it just seems like a whole lifetime ago, different conversations. I mean, you know, I still have no idea what the hell I'm doing, but at least uh people enjoy it and get to hear about it now <laughs> um but yeah you know we talked about uh we talked about a lot of stuff last time I mean we kind of hit a little bit of everything some uh, talked a little bit about hunting in Arizona and, and coos deer and muley yeah. and um how you uh, are like me and that uh, you absolutely hate not filling a tag so you you tend to shoot a lot of medium-sized shit. Yep. <laughs> um, that was that's one of my I'm... favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, what, how did I phrase it? I'm reading the show notes page here. How to kill lots of not-quite-trophy-sized animals.
0: <laughs> yep. That's, um, that's, you want to learn how to shoot not-trophy-sized animals, you follow John Stallone. <laughs> no, uh, story career of the medium-sized. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: But, you know, it's been been a while since we chatted. And honestly, um, I always tell people, like, whenever you come up in conversation, the one thing uh, that always comes up is how passionate you do get about everything. I mean, when you get into something, you you are a passionate dude. Um, And I really appreciate that about you because, I mean, I'll just say it. In the hunting industry, too many people here – will get passionate about stuff, but they don't show it. And, you know, we all, we all love talking about our passions about hunting, but I just noticed like you, you are out there all the time being the, being the guy you are. And I just, I really appreciate that. So when you have a problem with something, you don't like let it fester and like talk shit behind people's backs, whatever. Like You can, I've just noticed you confront people, you're open about it and you get, get it resolved. And I love that about you. Um, I'll take that as (laughs) it's no, it really is. Like, I just, uh, I I can't remember who I was chatting with, but we're at hunt expo. And I think, uh, I I was just talking with someone about, you know, other people that were, were podcasting and, and somebody uh, had mentioned, mentioned your name. I'm like, yeah, man, I just love how fired up he gets about, about stuff. Like, it's just, it gets me excited and, you know, it's relatable. It's like, it's very real. But we are here today to talk about something I think we are both very passionate about. Um, I I guess a little bit of unity among hunters as well as bringing new people into hunting. Um, You uh, have recently started a new initiative. You're calling it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the Hunter Up initiative, right? That's correct. Yes.
0: Uh, and basically what it is, is I'm trying to get us to be more of a community and less of an industry. Um, everybody, not everybody, I hate to say everybody, but the majority of hunters are very passionate about whatever niche it is that they are in, in hunting, but not necessarily about the whole picture. Uh, you know, the duck hunters get very excited about duck issues. Deer hunters get very excited about deer issues, elk, so on and so forth. And the problem is the other side isn't like that. Yes, they do all have their niches. they save the whale. People have their niche to save the wolves, the, you know, save the bears. They all have their niche, but they have no problem coming together to lock arms on issues. And those, they actually give grants to one another within their uh, organizations and and do stuff to allocate money to fight us on stuff. So, you know, my hunter up initiative is basically this to try to take one new hunter out and try to educate As many non-hunters as you possibly can, wherever you can work it into a conversation, so that they understand where money comes from for conservation, what the North American wildlife model is. And that way, when votes come, you know, when it comes time to vote, they're not going to vote against us because the other side uses a lot of propaganda. They uh use emotion and are doing a very good job of infiltrating media, getting actors and big name people that are very well recognized. You know, and everybody knows about well maybe not everybody, but HUSIS, okay, uh Humane Society of the United States is been putting out videos. Oh, save the save the puppies and da, 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 da. And none of that money goes to saving puppies. It goes to fighting, litigating, and going against us. So it, it's really important that we, as a group, come together, stop fighting with one another, stop wasting energy, um, arguing, and stop bickering. And when it comes to stuff that is Hunting related, uh, for instance, you know, this is just come, this just came up recently, and uh, I got pretty heated about it, as you said, passionate, <laughs> but uh, pretty outspoken about it. Now, they're trying to ban coyote calling contests or predator calling contests here in Arizona. They they have they got them banned in Washington state, they got them banned in New Mexico, and now they're they're, they're starting on Arizona and I'm not a, I'm a predator hunter. Yes. I do a lot of predator hunting. I guide for predator hunting. Um, but I'm, I'm, I don't do contests. It's not my thing. You know, um, I've thought about it. I've thought about it mainly to see, yeah, well, figure where, where would I fall in the pecking order, you know, against other guys who are good at predator calling, but I've never done it. Um, but I was, Fighting for them to stay and and not to be abolished or banned um, because I feel it's another win for the anti's and we're we're not sticking together. And I got really heated because there was hunters that were actually standing up and saying, "Yeah, let's get rid of them." Matter of fact, BHA is like leading the charge with that. So a pro hunting organization is voting against hunting. And that to me, I don't know, that says anti hunting to me, you know, which actually led me to go do a bunch of investigation and whatnot down. I went down a rabbit hole that I don't even want to get involved in, but, (laughs) but I, I, I feel like if you're, you know, there was a big thing going on a couple of years ago when the elections were going on to vote public lands. And I think that people should vote hunting. Don't vote public. Yeah, we want public lands. Yeah, of course we want places to go hunt, but I think you have to go with the people that are pro hunting and not parading around as pro hunters or pro hunting. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I feel like if you really look into and do your, due diligence you can find those organizations find those people find the senators find the you know officials and so on and so forth that are actually pro-hunting and not again um parading around this pro-hunting so yeah
2: i definitely get what you're saying i mean it's uh it's a matter of okay the public lands are great and i'm you know i'm a big fan of of hiking i'm a big fan of camping and. uh I was about to say mountain biking, and I do not even own a mountain bike. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm a big fan of being in the outdoors, even aside from hunting. And I love having access to public lands to do that. But hunting is what's important to me. Like, and you know what? And I have no problem uh teaming up with someone that that disagrees with with certain aspects of what I believe in to achieve a certain goal. But if in the course of achieving that goal, I destroy what I'm passionate about. Right. I'm doing myself a disservice exactly. and I'm not one to talk about anyone. You know, I definitely think, yeah, we should vote public lands, but not to the point where we vote ourselves out of hunting. Yeah. And, you know, I'll probably get a couple emails. I, I have a feeling I might get some emails for this podcast, but it's, it's something probably. that needs you to know, be said. I will too.
0: I, 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 I just, And I'm not, I'm not saying any specific person or any specific group. I know I mentioned BK, but because, and honestly, (sighs) i you know, I'll say this. I I feel like I don't know what, if if they're all cracked up to what they are, you know, cracked up to what they're, you know, they're supposed to be. But uh, I'm not, I'm not saying specific. I just saying you need to really look. And see, you know, because every organization is going to have something that's not 100% in line with what you want. And that's, that was my whole point um, of what it is, is being more unified and voting for the betterment of hunting, you know, for the betterment of us as a community, not to just propel one one aspect of hunting and put down another and so on and so forth. Um,
2: Well, it's the, I mean, we're such a, as hunters, we're such a group of people. We do really, just to echo what you said, we do so much identify with how you hunt. Like, it may not be necessarily that you're just a deer hunter, just an elk hunter, just a duck hunter, whatever it is. I mean, there's definitely, I definitely say there's, you know, a big difference between people who identify as predator hunters solely, people that identify as waterfowl or upland game or big game, whatever that is, um, you know, I mean, how many debates over deer versus elk, but at the bare minimum, you know, so many people just identify as, you know, Western hunters versus, you know, a tree stand hunter or whatever that is. I mean, me on the, uh, you know, me, I, I guess I would identify more as a Western hunter just cause I've done more of that. But like you put a bow a rifle a dang muzzle i've never owned a muzzle loader in my life but you put one in my hands and give me an opportunity to hunt i'll do it right um but it's definitely it's it's that old quote it's the um it's referring to the holocaust you know i mean and you know not to compare this with that but it's just it's a relevant quote it's the whole thing where it's uh you know first they came for the socialists and i did not speak out because i was not a socialist you know, whether that's the first they came for the mountain lion hunters and I did not speak out because I was a mountain lion hunter, you know, then they, then they came for the lead ammunition and I did not speak out because I was a bow hunter. Then they came for, you know, uh, predator calling contest and I did not speak out. And, but then, you know, they came for me and there's no one left to speak for me. Um, and you know, you look at so much of that, uh, you know that was a lot of the case with uh, a lot of what they've been banning up in I know Canada as well in British Columbia there's issues with that where yep. um people say well i don't i don't hunt grizzly bears i don't hunt this i don't hunt that so why why should i care you know
0: well they they, they rely on the fact that hunters just want to hunt what they hunt and are going to be apathetic you know to stuff that doesn't affect them uh, you know why why should a guy in new york that whitetail hunts care about not being able to hunt lions in California. Mm -hmm. They don't see the connection. They don't, they don't see it because it doesn't directly affect them. And, but the, the simple truth is that it does because every time they gain traction with something, you know, with, all right. So again, with lion hunting, every time they, they use that as a precedence, to get something else banned somewhere else. And every time, every little war they win, every time they take a little bit of, of our of our wall down, of our armored away, you know, it gets smaller and smaller. Um,
2: I, I I mean, it's the whole concept of divide and conquer.
0: Yeah, I might sound like, like a crazy conspiracy <laughs> or whatever, but the fact of the matter is it's not going to happen in our lifetime. It's not going to happen in our kids' lifetime but maybe in our grandkids that lifetime, it might happen. It's going to, you know, you're going to see a very, all they have to do is figure out a way to come up with the money that we put into, and it's going to go away because mm-hmm. then yeah. the government doesn't have to fight for us anymore. They don't care if they can figure out a way to make, Whatever we did, what $54 billion since you know the Pittman Robertson Robertson Act uh, was enacted? No, I mean, it but certain on a serious level. Um, I don't know how many millions it is a year because it, it keeps changing in the numbers every time I look mm-hmm. at it, the statistics that change, but let's just say it's 200 million dollars a year, okay? Let's say 200 million dollars a year comes from the excise tax, and it's and I, I believe it's more than that. Uh, I think it's 1.5 billion or something like that but I don't I don't even know what the numbers are. I'm not a statistics guy. But all I know is if somebody out there in the anti-world figures out a way to support conservation and restoration projects without the hunters, it's going to go oh, away. Now, there's a lot of other there's a lot of other things that, you know, go into the economy that are driven off of hunting um you know lodging gas all hunting related businesses but atv sales truck sales you know all this other stuff that computes that don't get factored into the money that comes from hunting but it is i can guarantee there's a pretty large percentage of guys who hunt that probably wouldn't own a truck if they didn't hunt now me i'm a contractor i'd probably still have a truck but
1: happy price go to your happy price price
2: line honestly i would still i would still probably just be cruising around in my jeep if it if it wasn't for hunting I majority of the reason i sold my jeep and chose not to work on it anymore is because i knew i was going to be taking these long trips and i wanted something that i could haul stuff in and tow stuff with and
0: how how many atv sales are you know, oh, yeah. I want to get an ET. I want to get a side by side for hunting. Oh, yeah. You know, it just, anyway. So you get the point. But so, yeah, it, it, it it's going to be a, it would be a really tough road. I mean, but we can't, we can't rely on the fact that that is going to save us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, uh, because we live in a world right now of, you know, pot eaters. I'm sorry to say that but no, I I honestly okay. But we live in a world where people do things on impulse and are very easily swayed by viral social media and stuff like that and it doesn't take a whole lot to change somebody's mind because we look to the internet for information. We look to but Do we really know what that information comes from? Do we really know? You know, do we know what it is? Mm -hmm. And how many times have you made a decision? I mean, just to go buy something, you look at reviews. You don't know who those reviews are from. Are they really transparent? Are they really reviews from customers?
2: Anytime I go on that crap, anytime I go on that crap, I sit there and I'm like, and I and I just I do I wonder that. I'm like, "Well, crap, are these reviews is this, did they like hire some some company in China to write like 50 probably positive do. reviews here? Like, who knows, you know?"
0: But my point of bringing that up is that it's not that hard. So yesterday, I was doing I was searching. I kept putting in different keyword searches like conservation and um anti-hunting and this and that. i just kept, and just to see what would pop up on the internet and environmentalists and anti-hunting groups do an excellent, excellent job of putting out articles and new, I just read an article that basically completely tells a different story of how wildlife conservation is run in the United States and how our, Taxes and our dollars that we spend in conservation and donate to the, does nothing for it. That ninety, what I don't even remember what number they were claiming, but like ninety percent of the money comes from, like, what's that one Wild World Wildlife? con it's a, Oh it's a, yeah
2: they, the the World Wildlife Foundation.
0: Yes, thank you. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's the one. Anyway, so it's just like so they do an excellent job of pumping out all this information and the only articles that you find online about the conservation model in the United States are on hunting related sites. They're on, you know, I'm like right now I got one up Outdoor Life that I was reading about how much money is spent litigating. Um anyhow, it, we're not doing that. We're not winning the war because we're not we're not making movies like Bambi, you know, that basically vilify hunters. Every every movie, every TV show you watch out there, if you pay attention.
2: Hunters are always the bad guy.
0: Yeah. If you pick, if you pay attention, every every time there's a hunter in the in the character, it, he's a bad guy. Even if they're not the antagonist of the of the plot, they are portrayed as you know, suspect at some point. Mm-hmm. You know? I was just—I just started watching this Netflix uh, show called Longmire. It's like a cop mm-hmm. western. It's based on uh, the Longmire uh, mysteries, which is uh, a, a book series, anyway. But I got into it, and every time there's because it takes place in Wyoming and he's a sheriff. Yeah. Every time a uh, hunting-related deal, it's always like, "Oh my god, man! That's just not the way." there was just this one thing on there with wolves and they're talking about the Judas wolf. I don't know. Have you ever heard about Judas wolf? Mm-hmm. I've, I saw an article about it years ago. This is where supposedly a, a hunter, but it wasn't a hunter. It was the U S government that did it in the sixties or whatever, but collars a wolf and releases it into the wild. And that wolf brings it to the pack. And then the hunter shoots the whole pack. Yeah. Where does that happen? That doesn't happen. <laughs> It never freaking happens because first off you have to have a tag to kill a wolf in the places that you can kill a wolf and you only get one. You're not shooting freaking 50 of, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it's just stupid shit like that. But people that don't know, believe that you watch that. And if, even if you don't believe it, it's in the back of your mind that hunters are assholes Yeah, and we're just out there, toting guns and drinking beer and, you know, (laughs) shooting up everything that you can see. Well, you even look at
2: movies like, uh, you know, you think about the amount of movies that actually have hunting in them. You know, I mean, where it's it's more of a theme, you know. There's some, like, Ghost in the Darkness. That's actually probably the only one I can think of where hunters are not portrayed in a a horrid light. But, uh, I mean, you look at, like, The Deer Hunter they're not necessarily portrayed in a bad way, but it's, they're still portrayed as drunk dudes going out with, you know, exactly getting, getting shit faced and going out and shooting bears, you know, just off the side of the road, off their cars kind of a thing. And it's, it's so, you know, we see all these issues that are facing us as hunters, you know, whether that's fighting against fighting against a group that, yeah, they have their own identities like we do, but they have no issue with getting into lockstep together, linking arms and providing a united front to fight against whatever these issues are. Well, we on the other hand tend to either ignore the issues that aren't important to us or we will, you know, if somebody says they'll fight for our issue, we'll band with them and fight against some other, other pro Hunter issue. Um, you know, so we see these problems that are facing us. We see a lot of, I think, you know, we kind of discussed this before the podcast, you know, we see a lot of infighting as hunters, even over stupid stuff that is just a waste of time, really. Um, you know, uh, like you said, whether, whether, you know, I'm shooting a Hoyt and you're shooting a Matthews or, uh, you know, whether you hunt with a rifle versus a bow, whether you're public land private land. Heck, whether you want to go out and you want to shoot a, buy a, buy a hunt for a big ass elk that's been bottle raised and let go on a farm. And you know what? You want to pretend like you went out on some epic hunt. Honestly, I don't care. We all know what happened. We're not that stupid. Like, right, I mean, I don't care. I'm not going to waste my time and energy making this big deal and infighting with you when this energy could be spent on doing research and educating other people. You know what? If you want to grab a boat, John, if you want to grab a bow fishing bow, put on a bikini and stick your butt out on top of an orca cooler. I really don't care. I'd rather you didn't. I would probably hide your story for a few weeks if you did that. Um, But I, you know what? I don't care. I'm not going to follow you because that's not the content I'm interested in. Uh, You know, I don't need some other hunting group to come rail against them and educate me on why that's uh, yeah. Okay. It's not the best representative of hunting. If people are doing sketchy stuff, yes, we need to call them out. You know, somebody is shooting animals. They're not, but those aren't hunters. Those are poachers.
0: Here's the thing. I, I, I wrote an article on my blog that actually talks about that. This is what started the hunter up initiatives is actually what you're saying right now. So the problem with Facebook algorithm and everything else is that like you just mentioned some jackass. Okay. This is what brought it up It's very specific and is a very good example. Okay, There was a guy who posted a video and he kept running over a wild hog with his ATV. He'd run it over and the, Boar would get up and he the boar would charge him again and he'd run it over again. And the boar kept getting up and charging him. And man, that shit went viral quick on Instagram. People were just like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. That's the hunters, non-hunters, all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. every end, it's just stupid practice, you know? The problem with that is you as a hunter, instead of making a comment, because hunters are what saw that first. If you have a hunting uh page on facebook instagram whatever your friends are going to see it first now when your friends comment oh you're an idiot da da da, or that's cool whatever but let's just let's just hope that everybody said to this guy he's an idiot facebook algorithm or instagram algorithm cast the next net to catch the next group of fish to see this mm-hmm. and they say the same thing it goes to the next and the, and before you know it it's gone viral. So when you see things that are distasteful or going to hurt hunting, instead of commenting or arguing with this guy on his comments, because that's what he wants. He wanted mm-hmm. he wanted to get recognition somehow good. He wanted his 15 minutes of fame somehow because I, I sent it to him. I sent him a private message. I said, hey, uh, not for nothing, you might want to think about taking that down because – if you're a hunter, you're going to hurt hunting with this video. And he basically told me to fuck off. But when you see stuff like that, you should approach them by sending them a direct message, PM, DM, whatever you want to freaking call it. And and say, "Hey, listen. This is not helping us. You probably want to take this down. You know, it's your page, it's your thing, do what you want to do, but you honestly should take a look at it and think about what it's doing for hunting." He's either going to take it down, she's either going to take it down, or they're going to get the same response that I got and tell you to fuck yourself. But at least you're not helping promote that freaking thing. So what happens is once that viral video, once that video goes outside of your circle and goes to the next circle and the next circle, now anti-hunting people are seeing it, and then they use it against us. This is why we're in trouble now. Why we weren't in trouble in the 1980s and early 90s because we didn't have a public forum. We were in the dark. We were we hid in the shadows. I remember when I 1984, I think it was. I did my hunter safety, something like that. One of the things they taught us in the curriculum was, don't flaunt your your game in front of public. Don't strap it to the hood of your car i mean that was a big practice when i was Mm -hmm. you know my dad was in the 70s and the 60s they'd strap the deer to the hood of the car drive it to the you know city center and show off the show off the buck whatever you know by the time i did in the early 80s did my hunter ed don't flaunt it because you don't want to offend the non-hunting public and that you know that practice worked pretty good for then because the ability for information to fly through the internet and reach millions of people wasn't there. Now, the problem is you make a post. Yeah. Your intentions are are to show your hunting friends in your hunting circles. And, you know, you might get the occasional uh, Aunt Maymay who's not a hunter say, Oh, I can't believe you killed those, you know, but for the most part, the The non-hunting public is not going to see that picture unless it is gruesome enough, or it has a potential to go viral. And once it goes viral, it's in the eyes of. And the problem is, most of the stuff that goes viral is the stuff that's distasteful, and it's just like, how could I? You know, the news does this all the time. You're not going to watch, you know, 15 minute piece on joanne sutton who just turned 105 years old but you're going to watch the coverage of the 15 car car pileup on the highway because it's you're interested in the negativity and and the other side uses that all the time they use that very same tactic we we just touched on it in, on the on the movies and all that stuff and that's why we're in a battle that we can't win because we don't fight on the same playing field as them
2: So we, we've we touched on some of, you know, some of the suggestions and some of the solutions. And I mean, it comes down to a lot of, you know, banding together, being smart with what you put out, being smart with how you respond to issues. Um, if, you know, say, bringing this back around to kind of the Hunter Up initiative, what what is the Hunter Up initiative? We've kind of talked about its goals. Is it... <laughs>
0: I know that I've been all over the mountain. no, no. It's, I want to.
2: I want to bring it back around because uh, you know I think this is an important. You know, we've talked about so many of the issues that are facing this, and it does. It seems overwhelming. Like it seems like, uh, honestly, you uh, you kind of come at this, and it feels like, well, what can I do? Like I, you know, what effect can I have? It's like this giant tidal wave of crap coming at you from one side from the anti hunters, from this side from these groups that. You know, their whole purpose is to put down other hunters from this side, From you know, from uh, people that that you're like, what the what the heck are you doing? I thought you were, a, you know, you say you're pro hunting. Why? Why are you all down on me just because I do it this way? You know, we're getting it from all these sides. It's it feels disconcerting. You know, I mean, it, it feels I don't want to say hopeless, but I want to bring that back around to. You know how do we how do we solve this problem? So what what is uh, really talk a little bit more about the Hunter Up initiative and how you want to address uh, address things through this?
0: I I'm going to try to simplify it as best as possible, and, and, and part of the reason why we were all over the place is there's just so much going on, and we're trying to squeeze this in a certain amount of time. I really, if if you take the time to introduce one person, okay think about how many hunters there are in the United States. If you can introduce one person into hunting and you can educate five people about hunting, like seriously convince them to understand how the model works. That's pretty easy to do. In my opinion, I've introduced four people in the last year and it really didn't take that much effort. You know, talking to a couple of dads at soccer, you know, and they're, oh, yeah, man, I'd love to try that. But you know what? I'm a hunting guide. I'm going to take you out hunting. And I took them out hunting. And, you know, they bought bows. They, you know, they may not be got, die hard. And that's good. We don't really need them to be die hard. We don't need them to be as passionate about, you know, going on 10 trips a year like you and me or whatever, you know. See, I think don't need that.
2: that right there is super important to note. Like, cause it's hard sometimes. I even forget that. Like, to where like I'm like, when I want to, I introduce someone to hunting. I want them to be like, all right, you know, this fall we got we got deer. Then we're, then we're going straight for elk, and then I'm coming back to do this and da da. Like, I want suddenly their life to revolve around hunting. But I mean, but I it's hard to forget. Like, that's that's honestly very very rare. Right. Like, just if somebody goes out duck hunting one time and. Whether or not they go back again, but if they come out of that and go, that was awesome, you know, or that was like, I get it now. Like, that's
0: huge. (laughs) You just just gained an ally. You just gained an ally. That's the point. I, I can't tell you how much opposition I have faced. How many people say, I don't want to introduce more people into hunting. I have a hard enough time getting tags now. I have a hard enough time. I'm tired of fighting the Orange Army. I'm tired of fighting over land and this and that. Why would I want to introduce more people into hunting? Well, because if you don't, our voice is getting smaller and smaller. And and even even though the numbers may not seem like they're getting tiny and tinier, but we occupy less and less percentage of the population. So yeah, there might be okay, arbitrary number. There might have been a hundred hunters in 1980 and there's a hundred hunters today, but we were at three, you know. 3.5 billion people in the, in the, in the world. And now we're at seven, you know, billion yeah. people in the world. You understand what I'm trying to get at? Um, so it, it's important if we want our voice to be heard and we want to still stay, stay relevant that we introduce as many people into hunting as possible. And don't be afraid that if you bring on, you know, two Two more hunting buddies, you're gonna have less hunting because chances are they're not gonna have the same passion as you. They didn't grow up with it. Now, when you introduce a kid into hunting, hopefully he will. But that you're you're cultivating for the next next generation, and they're not gonna really necessarily be competing with you. Um, you gotta you gotta look at it as you are gaining an ally. That's what you need, how do you need to look at it. Don't think of it as I'm taking away from my hunting that's what everybody's so everybody's so worried about oh my my honey hole this that well don't take him to your freaking honey hole then you know fucking throw a dart at the map pick a spot and just go you know he's gonna go you know i say he she whatever he's gonna go out there they might get done with that hunting and say you know what it really wasn't for me but in the end when it comes time to vote they're not going to vote against you. They're going to see what you put in, the the time, the effort. They they're, they're going to know. Hey, well, it's not just getting in a truck and drive around and shoot things while I'm drinking beer. It's you know
2: they'll be able to recognize the misinformation. If you, are,
0: if you are the the beer drinking road hunter, please do not do that. <laughs> we don't we don't need any more of those. Um,
2: I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy I enjoy the uh occasional post post hunt beer. But uh, it's definitely not driving around with a beer in hand uh, and hanging a rifle out the out the window. But uh, right. I mean, it's very, it's very much we want people to be able to recognize the misinformation when they see it. Right. I think that's so key. Is we we really can't do a lot to stop the flow of. We can't. I mean, I don't think there's really anything we can do to stop the flow of misinformation. Not in this country, Um, you know, and to be honest, like I'm not the type of person that would ever want the government to come down and try and do that. Um, We can do as much as we can to provide our own source of accurate and educational information. But like you said, it's very rare people want to see that. They want to see the scandals. Right. Um, But so it's so important that we do everything we can to – Educate these people enough. Yeah, you may not be able to give them the whole spiel about uh, Pittman-Robertson and explain all of that, but they may learn enough for when you're out hunting. Like, you know, you take them out and you're like, okay, we got to go buy tags. And they're like, well, what are these for? And you give them that little bit of explanation, but then somebody comes out and says, well, this doesn't do anything for hunting. They at least know enough to recognize that that's not true. They're like, that is...
0: At least I got to question it and go look for themselves. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I agree with you. So going back to your question before I, again, I'm awesome at going off on tangents. Um, The Hunter Up initiative is basically four parts. Recruit new hunters, educate non-hunting public, being more unified and being better to each other, be more of a community, and policing the unsavvy, you know, (laughs) trying to stay away from helping antis, you know, push these crazy, like, Oh, the guy that shot the direct draft thing or, you know, or Cecil, the lion type stuff by understanding how Facebook and social media and all that stuff works. You, you comment on it. It's going to go, it's going to get bigger. It has a uh, has a chance to go viral. Once it goes viral, yeah. you're screwed.
2: Instead of commenting, because commenting, Brings it back to the top of the list again. Every time somebody comments, it it increases it to the top of the list. Send a private message. Write your own article. Don't obviously don't share the video, but you know if you if you you can reference it without directing people to it. Um, you don't want to obviously you know encourage people to go view it, but counter it without without promoting it. You know send that message. Uh, put out your own positive content to, to counteract that, do whatever you can. There's so many better ways to do that. Exactly. So is there, uh, talking a little bit about more about Hunter up, is there like a website, anything, what's, uh, what are you putting together for this?
0: I'm in the process right now. So right now I, I up until now, it's just been running it for my blog. Um, uh, and that's JohnStallone.me. If, uh, if you're interested in going to look. There's just several articles, a couple of rants on there and so on and so forth. I've been kind of working behind the scenes with people who are smarter than I am and who have more uh, political savvy than I do. And I'm in the process now of trying to put a team of influencers together. Uh, I am working, like I said, I had working with California. But uh, one of the... Officials in California. I'm not going to name their name right now, but is going to help me put that same program together here in Arizona. And one of the things we want to do one one of the end goals of of what I'm trying to do is to hopefully I'm not sure what grade yet, but we have a curriculum proposal put together. Um, But I'm going to say let's say fifth grade or sixth grade social studies. There be a chapter that gets taught to children that teaches them about the North American wildlife conservation model. Um, I think that right there is the key to winning this war because we're at war for sure. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but it's not like there's environmentalist groups right now not necessarily anti-hunting, but environmentalist groups right now that are putting together video games to distribute to children. The idea of the video game is for you to right the environmental wrongs of the world. And that's just playing freaking dirty. Now, there's a lot of environmental views that hunters uh, are aligned with, you know, because we want to, Help out animals and we want to conserve wildlife and so on and so forth. So that's kind of a slippery slope, but I.
2: Well, it all depends on your view of what the environmental wrong is.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I, thank you. You said it better than I did. I, I, I it's to me, it, you're playing dirty, you know, you're giving a kid a, a video game. That's gonna brainwash them like the I mean I feel like we really really need to get involved with the children and and let them know not to convert them to hunters I mean yeah we want to recruit hunters, but just so they're not gonna be brainwashed and'll we'll be able to think for themselves because I, I I see it all the time uh, I when I was coaching. Um, when I was coaching my girls' soccer teams and stuff like that, and you know the girls were like, "Oh yeah, my dad's a hunter," da 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 da, and or you know they'd see me. I'm always wearing shirts that say, you know, <laughs> whatever deer on, whatever. And they already had an opinion. Mm-hmm. Hunting is bad. Hunting is evil. You know, you're a bad guy for hunting and killing animals. How do you do that? Like, and this is coming from like a six year old. Yeah where Where are they getting this from they're not getting it for social media yet, you know, so they're getting it from people that are adults that are spoon feeding them this. I overheard one of my uh i was I was going to pick up one of my girls from school and I overheard a teacher telling a child that hunting is bad, and I'm like you know how do how do we expect to survive as a community survive as a group as a a, you know and how does the the wildlife conservation model expect to survive when that kind of shit's happening yeah so that's why to me i think it's important that they something needs to be in place they need to learn
2: so i know you're kind of limited on time here so i want to i want to take kind of this last these last couple of minutes and and really just, you know, we've, once again, we've talked about the challenges that face us. We've talked about ways we can combat that and what, what you would like to see uh, or as far as what you want the uh, Hunter Up initiative to do. Um, what, what maybe kind of just in summary or closing thoughts would you have? What, uh, you know, the listeners of the podcast here are saying, okay, this is all great. You know, hunter up initiative sounds awesome. You know, all this other all this other stuff just royally sucks, you know, screw them, middle fingers at all them, hunter up, thumbs up. What now? Like what, you know, what what do you want to leave the listeners of the podcast with here?
0: Well, what I'd like them to know is to well, hopefully there will be an organization at some point, but I would like them to know that you're not powerless and everything every action has a reaction, you know? So if you're doing positive things within the industry, if you're refraining from putting out suspect content, if you're being good to one another, if you're standing up and supporting one another, when it may not be something that you necess- like again, the, the predator hunting thing, you may not be a predator hunter, but stick up for predator hunting because it's a part of hunting and every p- time we lose it, it's going away. And really do your best to educate those who are in the non-hunting p- public. Um, I'd say go out, take the time right now, and arm yourself with knowledge so you don't sound like a jackass like I did all day today on this podcast. <laughs> um, I I don't know. like my I, I apologize. I was very... Uh, that's one, another reason why I don't do things at night. I don't think very well. Um, I... <laughs> It was all over the place, but if you arm yourself with the knowledge uh, from good sources, uh, you're gonna have to, you know, dig a little and make sure you're getting the right information. But get the right information and have intellectual conversations with people who are not hunting, and and if you can, take another take another person out hunting, take a kid, take a buddy at work. They may or may not become hunters, but. You're gaining allies. And that's and that's really, you know, all the things that you can do that are very easy to do don't really require a whole lot of effort. I'm not asking you to run around and, you know, skip petitions signed. I'm not asking you to send out flyers and, and knock on doors. It's really easy to win this war if everybody's like minded and doing things that are pro hunting and
2: unifying and basically unifying yep. being unified in the goal in a single goal to protect hunting in all its forms um so if people wanted to help support uh what you're doing with the hunter up initiative like you said you know there are those kind of four tenets is there anything people can do a little more directly to uh help contribute to what what you're trying to do Maybe with the Hunter Up Initiative just locally in Arizona or Well,
0: I mean, honestly, if you're if you're interested in getting involved in some way or shape or form, um if you go to my blog, uh send me an email via my blog, um uh, there's contact form on there. And you know, so just tell me you're interested. And if I got something for you, I'll I'll direct I'll direct you to that. Right now <sighs> I have my hands in so many different things. Like I my wife when I took this on, she wanted to punch me in the face. Um, But I'm slowly working, like I said, with people who are much smarter than I am, to put something together to make this a more organized and possibly even a conservation group of some sort. I, I don't want I don't want to say that it's coming, but I would like to see it go that way, and not just be a movement. Um. Something that is put in place that is monies set aside for promoting hunting on all levels, and um, we'll see, we'll see what happens, you know. (laughs) The way I look at it five years from now, if I introduce 10 people into hunting and I change the minds of a hundred people, it was worth it to me, you know. So, all right. That's that's pretty much
2: awesome, man. Well, I'm glad we were able to link up again. Have you on talk a little bit about uh, your passion for this, and uh, I will make sure to link to all of the stuff we talked about. I'll get links up to your, you know, your socials, your blog, everything on the show notes page, and uh, hopefully we'll see uh, see a little bit of action. I'm excited to see what comes of it.
0: Yeah, hopefully your listeners don't think I'm running around with a a tinfoil hat it's not like a raging lunatic well yeah you take it off before uh, you
2: run around for sure (laughs) (laughs) awesome man thanks so much for hopping on
0: thank you have a good one
2: all right y'all that'll do it for episode 102 of living country in the city Make sure y'all check out the show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 102 to get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. Big thanks to John for hopping on. Make sure you check out the Hunter Up Initiative and find out what you can do to help get new hunters into this lifestyle. Finally, remember y'all, the Wild Initiative rebrand is coming soon. Keep an eye out for it. So don't be surprised when suddenly the name changes and you are subscribed to the Wild Initiative. But in the meantime, keep it country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes
0: and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at com. And and my son just walked in. What's up, bud? Say hi to Sam. Okay. Can you do me a favor? Get, get your naked body out of here? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> also, another reason why I don't do podcasts in the evening. <laughs>